You're listening to Career Up Now's Socially Distanced Close-Ups podcast. Today, Anita is being interviewed by Laura. Anita is a senior content strategist at Atomic Wash. She is a writer, stylist, and creative connector with an intuitive sense of how to market products to the masses. Let's jump in on the conversation. So I make words pretty, I make people pretty, I make events pretty. I just try to find creative solutions to help people get to their goals. And so consolidated it down like my business Mm -hmm. card. My business name is Brilliant On Demand. A friend of mine came up with that idea because he said, he used to drive around with me a lot and he's like, people are always calling you, asking you, where do I find this? How do I do this? Can you write this? Can you give me this location? He's like, I just feel like they expect you to be brilliant on demand. And so that became my name is that it's like, I come up with creative ideas on demand and they thankfully are usually successful. That's pretty neat. And are we grateful for friends like these that come up like ideas that we can use in a business mm-hmm. setting? Oh, that was really nice. And I know you had to contest it a little bit for this activity. Yeah. And you really have a very unique career path. Yeah. You had like, you know, writing, fashion. And it's interesting how you try to, like, you know, marry them both, even if we would to do today. So if you could like, walk me through, like, your career okay. path. And, uh, how did you end up being here? Well, it started out, I always wanted to be a writer. That was why okay. I loved writing. Ever since I was a little girl, I wrote poetry. I like to tell a story that I wrote up. I got an assignment when I was in seventh grade to write this essay about uh, that used my five senses. And I wrote an essay about visiting my father in jail. It was entirely made up. I don't even know where I came up with the idea, but I was just trying to think about the five senses the essay came back, I got an A on it, but I also got a letter Ooh. telling me that my teacher was so sorry. Yeah, that was in jail. And I was like, and then I, I realized what power there is in, in writing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and she said, you're really good at this. You need to keep doing this. So I always wanted to be a writer. And my, the first job I got just happened to be at a fashion magazine. Okay. So everybody that worked there, even though I was the assistant to the assistant to the assistant. Mm-hmm. I really was the girl in Devil Wears Prada. I hate to say it, but my mother told me it. And when I watched Devil Wears Prada, I'm like, yes, that's what I did. I got coffee mm-hmm. and I watered plants. And, but everybody there, you know, you wrote about fashion and you handled any photography needs. Yeah. Went with your story. So I sort of developed this love for fashion and fine-tuned my writing. Mm-hmm. So after working for them for... 1989, 1990. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> Why not? I took a long time ago. And then um, they moved me to Atlanta. Uh, I actually just wanted a change of pace and I mm-hmm. tried to quit my job. And they said, How about we just move you to? And they said, Why don't you want to work anymore? I said, I, I don't want to live in New York anymore. I mm. And uh, so they, moved, they uh, offered to move me to Atlanta. And when I got down here, I just started meeting a lot of people and getting offered all, a lot of other opportunities. So I decided to go freelance. And thankfully, they, kept, they, kept, they continued to hire me for 10 years after that, which was fantastic. So I still got to work. For, I worked for Women's Wear Daily, mm-hmm. which is the Bible of the fashion industry. And I still got to work for them even after I you know, took this leap of faith and said, you know, I'm going to run my own business because I just, I felt like 
I could only do so many things at Women's Wear Daily. And I was like getting offered like to do projects for Bloomingdale's mm. and Atlanta Magazine. And I wanted to do them. If I had to do it again, I would do it a little differently because I was young and didn't know how to manage money quite yet. And running your own business was a little beyond my capabilities. Doing my job, I could do very well. It was, uh-huh. it was the money management and getting paid part that I that wasn't forgetting. Right just yet. So that's like my biggest piece of advice for, <laughs> for our kids is that, or, oh. you know, or people going into their into business is that there's uh, so many other things that you need to you know, learn and understand. And it's, it's a process. Yeah. You can't be expected to know it all. Yeah. And I want to tap into it when you spoke about freelancing, because a yeah. lot of time when we're mentoring, at least in my case, it's more like, you know, a natural progression of you're done with college, you have to find a job, there's like a yeah. career progression from there, where do you go? And I don't necessarily think that we encourage people to also be business owners, right? And, and also, there's also like the glamorous side of, yes, our business owners, but we don't necessarily see like the tears, like, you know, not that we all have them or like the, I don't want to say failure, because we look at them as like lessons learned. So if you could, and um, this book is more like a twofold question. Have you ever envisioned yourself looking back to be where you are today? And also in your journey, what made you become like an independent contractor? And also, what are kind of, you know, the positives, the benefit of being, you know, your own employer, if you will. But also, and again, I don't want to put like negative because it's kind right. of like a, like a neg- negative connotation. But what are the challenges of uh, being a um, freelancer? Well, I do think that it's best to start out with a company because that gives you, you've established credibility that way. You can't get out of college and say, I'm a PR expert, I'm mm-hmm. a journalist, I'm a wardrobe stylist, because you don't have that experience. Correct. You know, you have to sort of build that experience. And the easiest way to do that is by working for a company and really working hard and like moving up the ladder and, and watching other people and having mm-hmm. mentors, and especially when you're not exactly sure exactly what you want to do. You can see what the, all the different jobs are right. within an organization. So. I don't recommend diving into being an entrepreneur and being, you know, owning your own business right, right out of college. I, I think that that's a difficult path unless you have some kind of a brilliant idea and can get funding and all that stuff. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I was pretty clear that I wanted to work for a magazine. And my, this is not what I envisioned. You know, I envisioned being the editor of Vogue magazine. Like, I really, I always thought I would be a editor of a magazine. I still might be someday. Um, Never know, right? I mean, I feel like I've worked as an associate editor and I've edited magazines. I've edited quite a few corporate magazines. I've created and edited quite a few corporate magazines. Mm-hmm. But um, I literally kind of thought I was going to just live in New York and have that glamorous life. Then after experiencing it for five years, I realized I, I did want other things. That life is definitely hard to have a well-rounded life. I looked at some of the, the editors around me and very few of them were married. Very few of them had kids because mm-hmm. they were really dedicated. It was a newspaper. They were dedicated to their job. And that whole lifestyle of going on in the world, you had to go to fashion parties and you had to know what the big movies were and you had to, mm-hmm. like you had to be so culturally and trend aware. And I was like, where's the pizza and jeans? That's <laughs> one of the reasons I decided to move to Atlanta because I wanted to sort of diversify my mm-hmm. lifestyle a little bit. 
And once I got down here and, and, and saw those opportunities and, you know, started getting opportunities because I was kind of like, you know, everybody thought I was very glamorous. Oh, there's a Women's Wear Daily editor that lives here. It was very exciting. So I, I had a good time, but I really think freelance works for people who, who aren't good at, I'm very hyperactive and, and I'm super creative and I like a lot of diversity to keep me mm-hmm. engaged. So I get to work with a lot of different clients. That's like a big benefit. And every day I get to do something different. Some days I'm just brainstorming product names and Mm taglines. And other days I'm sitting at a computer, like writing copy for an ad campaign, but I'm out on photo shoots and I'm doing like group advertising, doing consumer research to try to figure out how Mm -hmm. we're going to market a company. So now that I've kind of transitioned out of journalism and do more, creative producing for businesses. Mm-hmm. And I work a lot with advertising agencies, marketing firms, design firms. It just gives me this opportunity to not sit at a desk every day because I, my personality isn't good at it. <laughs> so you're more like, you know, I guess also because of your creative side, like I'm more free flowing and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it's going to also help you just bring that creativity juice out of you, which is a good thing. So I was going to say the challenges are just that juggling it all and knowing mm-hmm. when to say no. When somebody asks you to do something, having like, to say, that's not my specialty. I can write social media, I can write posts, I can write campaigns, but I am not good at strategy at social media. And I can admit that now. Before I'd be like, oh, I don't want to disappoint you. I will, mm-hmm. I can do it. And now I'm like, you know, I don't want to tell people something that isn't my specialty. And that's good self-awareness. Like, you know, that's not my zone of genius and I'm not going to spend the time operating in an area that just not me anymore or for whatever reason. Mm. So, I mean, that's really like a beautiful journey and I can tell like, you know, the excitement in your voice and, <laughs> and everything. So like along the way, if you could, did you have like any resources that, or individual work to help you like, kind of, like propel you in your career? So like, you know, mentoring, if you can even maybe like talk a little bit about that. Growing up, I wouldn't say I had a lot. I wouldn't say I had mentors. I did have teachers that were very positive and like they reinforced my love of writing and my skill and that you know, they made me feel like, okay, you are good at this. Keep doing it. Keep going. So that was very encouraging to me. You know, I applied to one of the best journalism schools in the country, Syracuse University, and I got in and that was you know, exciting. Um, my mom was a big influence on me because she's had a really hard life. I was a single mom and had three kids. She was always really positive and never where things she said to me, mm-hmm. like just, I repeat them over and over again and use them in my life. You oh, know, wow. like choose to be happy, believe in goodness, not say you can't do something. One of the favorite things I always say, and I, I tell my nephews and whenever young people ask me for advice on getting started in their careers, I always say, one thing you want to show to potential employers or when you're pitching yourself is you want to say that you come with solutions, not with problems. Correct. Like, so you can see a problem, but if you try to come to them and say, this is a problem, but here's a different, come with some options on how I think we can solve it, even mm-hmm. if you're wrong. So I think that's, and that's something I just got from my mom. She was always like, you can come and tell me you did something wrong, but tell me how you're going to yeah better next time and so that's kind of something that's oh always i've carried through my life <laughs> i love your mom and i want to have a reason why just because of what you just said my love language is affirmation 
So I really believe in repeating like this positivity. It's just like get me going for the day. So I like that you're doing that already and uh, you got it from your mom, which is really good. And uh, still in those lines, what would you think was uh, like, do you remember if there was like any like particular like teaching moments either in your career or like in, in your business right now that will help you like approach like how you're running your business and even in the same segue with whatever's going on right now with COVID, right? People had like to pivot and maybe running the business differently. How do you think the COVID-19 has impacted your industry as well and even like, you know, your business as a whole? I'm gonna answer both of those questions. I'll do that COVID question first. COVID's been really interesting for my business. Well, at first, I have a four-year-old. I adopted him at a late age and I was working at a branding and design firm that I wasn't working on a project for them. They allowed me to use their office. But once COVID hit and I had to stay home with the child, it was really a hard adjustment for me just to work. But for a while there, there was no work because businesses shut down. Nobody knew what to do. Mm -hmm. And now it was a challenge because I had some ongoing projects and just trying to get those projects done, done while taking care of a child. My husband is an essential employee, so he wasn't home. I got to actually use, you know, I've always liked teaching because I taught college for a while. And that's one of the reasons I joined Career Up to be a mentor. But I never really had to teach my child before because he was always in daycare. And so I then had to learn how to teach mm-hmm. a toddler, whereas I had taught college before. <laughs> so it was a challenge. Now it's become a really great opportunity because mm-hmm. over the last about a month, I'd say, my clients and some new clients, everybody is now like they're over the shock and they're want to find a way to adapt. Yeah. And, so like, and they know they, yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. so they need marketing help. Yes. So I am working on a lot of different projects that are COVID related. I'm doing a project for a company that offers travel insurance and it's a, it's a, a social media campaign to reassure travelers that, hey, when you're ready to travel again, we're here to protect you. I'm doing a campaign for a labeling company that works with food labels. And so they want to promote food safety and food and labeling so people feel more confident about mm-hmm. the food they're buying in the grocery store. And so it's all related to things that they hadn't done before. Now right. COVID has changed the mindset of consumers, so they have to adapt their marketing mm-hmm. to that mindset. Just two weeks ago, did a, a campaign with Home Depot. That was more of a, my wardrobe hat, not my writing hat. And I did uh, all the wardrobe for some videos showing how the Home Depot installation teams are providing, are practicing safe safety when they come into your home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's, uh, it's created opportunities now. And I think that's going to continue to happen as things open up even more mm-hmm. and businesses want to acknowledge that adapted and they've they've changed whatever procedures to make sure their customers feel safe when you're sharing about your journey you talk about like money management so i'm not sure if that's the um, best piece of business advice that you can give today or if you have anything like any other advice that you want to share well i will say the best thing i ever did was get an accountant (laughs) because it seemed very strange to me i started my own business technically as an llc in 2008, and I didn't get my accountant, I think, until 2012. 
And it just amazed me that even though I was paying her, I don't know, I think like $120 a month, I was making more money uh, because she was just doing it right and, and making sure my invoices were right, making sure I was getting paid and doing my taxes appropriately. <laughs> so that's a, a huge thing. If you're not a math person and I am not. I know. <laughs> that's important. The other thing you mentioned, you know, I learned to not say I can do something I can't. I also learned that my integrity and the things that I believe in are important. Yes. And I used to just feel like I got to take a job because it's money and I got to take money and I, mm -hmm. I got to work. And I was always like thinking, you, know, you never know where your next job is coming from. Exactly. My kind of major life changing moment was when I agreed to work for a magazine. I agreed to help start up a magazine here in Atlanta for a, a company. And I, I didn't respect their beliefs and I tried to change their beliefs. They were very specific about who their audience was and what they wanted. And, and, you know, but they hired me because they weren't based in Atlanta. They mm -hmm. hired me because I knew the city and I was an expert, but then they refused to change and, and to even listen. And they fired me. Mm. I had never gotten fired in ever <laughs> from like, like a, just shock. a client. Like I was, Took them on as a full-time job, but they allowed me to do some of my other things. This was in 2005. I, at first, I was just devastated because I thought it was like a personal affront on me, you know? Yeah. You're not, you didn't do a good job. Mm -hmm. But what I, ha what I learned is that, no, they wanted something I couldn't deliver because mm -hmm. they didn't believe in, in me. So now, like, I trust myself. And I knew that I they were doing that they were wrong mm -hmm. i mean basically i that's kind of off topic they didn't want to cover the african-american market mm -hmm. in atlanta and out of all places right exactly and i'm like nobody's gonna read your magazine mm -hmm. uh, if you don't acknowledge that sector i mean that's atlanta and they were like well that's just not our audience and so i was very pleased three years later mm -hmm. when they failed and they are no longer in oh, wow. And I would say it's because they wouldn't address that audience. And so it's, I, I think that's what it is. The biggest thing is that there, it comes a time and it takes getting older. I hate to say it. I didn't have that confidence mm -hmm. when I was younger. Like, I mean, I cried and was like embarrassed, but now I think I stood up for what I believed in oh, and, wow. they, mm -hmm. and they fired me. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing this like candidly. And I really appreciate this. It was really powerful because one, it's also like a teaching moment for myself. You have to stay true to yourself. And you yeah. also felt it. And even though you were struggling with it, you felt like, you know, there's a project, there's money involved, you want to get compensated. But you didn't believe in their vision or their beliefs or whatever that was. You just didn't believe in it and you stood your ground, right? Now, also, also, maybe like redirected you to something else. So that was yeah. beautiful, yes, yes. And also the shock of you getting fired, but like it wasn't because you didn't know where you were going. It wasn't because of your um, capability of what you were bringing to the table. It's just like you didn't believe the same thing, right? So that right. was really powerful. Thank you for being so kind. I do think that you have to like look at everything as an opportunity. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a learning opportunity. Even if you fail, you know, you've heard this, you know, if you fail, Think about what you've learned from it. When, you know, one door shuts, another one opens. Like, I never think of something as an ending. It's like an opportunity to do something new. And so over the years, like when 
things that have like magazines. I mean, I, that's all I did was do magazine work for so long, but then the, the internet kind of changed that. And mm -hmm. so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to reinvent myself. And so I, I've always kind of adapted. And that's why my career is like gone from like writing and styling to event yeah. production, because I'm forever realizing that the skills are sort of this, I'm just trying to engage consumers and customers, yeah. whether, whether it's through words or fashion or creating an event space or concepting a promotion. It's mm -hmm. all that idea of like, what's going to gain people's interest. Oh my God, I really love it. And if, you know, just by what you just dropped, like this gem, like pearl of having like the mindset agility. And you know yourself and you also know like, you know, these are moments, how do I pivot and how do I change? And that will really help you in progressing with your career. That's just like really awesome. The two of us can be sitting here all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how they're supposed to make these short, but then, you know. <laughs> like if you are then, you know, like something like in closing, uh, it's for this uh, part of the uh, interview. Why did you choose to get involved with Career Up Now? And why do you believe that mentorship program or an organization like Career Up Now is important? As I got into my career and I would meet people, they were like, you know, how, how did you get here? How do you do this? When I moved to Atlanta, I started getting asked to speak to, we had three fashion schools here in Atlanta at the time. People used to ask me to come and talk to classes. I saw that there was so much that you don't learn in school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I even realized when I, gra you know, when I graduated, I, I didn't even know that they fashion styling was a thing. Like I think Madonna created fashion styling in my mind. Like nobody knew what a fashion stylist was till Madonna announced that that's who dressed her. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when I started going to guest speak at classes, that the students just ate it up and it made me feel good to be able to like make that next generation successful. Like I saw a lot of my friends that I grew up with went to school for one thing, whether it was they wanted to be a lawyer or they wanted to be a teacher and they ended up selling real estate or, or not doing what they wanted to do simply because they couldn't figure out the path. Mm. They just couldn't, you know, and, or they tried it and, they, and it wasn't the right time. And I saw that this, because this, this was crazy. I'm like, I knew I wanted to be a writer. I moved to New York. I got a job at a magazine. I don't know if that's luck, <laughs> but... You know, I, I just feel like if you have mentors that say, yes, you can do this and try this avenue or try that avenue or introduce you to things that you might not have learned in school, it's just really an important piece of the puzzle. It's not just go to school, pick oh, these right. companies, write a resume, like having these mentors and seeing their path and seeing how they did things is so important. So when a career up reached out to me, I, I actually, I, you know, I taught school, you know, I started out guest speaking and then, you know, they were like, teach one class. And at one point I was teaching three classes and I'm like, wait a second, how can I do this? And, you know, run my business. It, it wasn't, was this, was before, this was before I had a child. <laughs> I, I don't recommend doing it all. Te I missed teaching because I missed mm. helping students and, and giving them that real life experience. So when I heard about Career Up Now, I thought this is perfect for me. And my, the child we have just happens to be uh, from a Jewish family. And I thought, I need to get a little more involved in my Judaism. Yeah. And I thought, mm -hmm. let's do both of these together. So here I am. And this is like the first thing because when I joined and I had said I'd do some different things that they had asked about, um, and then COVID hit. So I'm excited to be a part of these 
socially distanced interview. And I'm sure like the organization is so lucky to have you. There's just like so much like, you know, aura about you and uh, you're so authentic. So thank you so much for your time today. This was really delightful and I cannot wait for uh, the community just like to listen to this powerful interview.